and we are back at it again today in the courtroom of current events here on Peter's Proffer, and we're going to be jumping into the world of probation. So we've had a lot of questions about what the difference is between probation and parole, when probation is appropriate versus parole, what you have to actually do on probation, and what happens if you violate your probation. So we're going to jump into all that today. I've got my dad coming on, who's the expert in all criminal defense aspects of the world. Hopefully you guys are enjoying these episodes. We're always looking for more listener questions to give us content on our Facebook page. It's Peter's Proffer on Facebook, or you can find us on all social media platforms under our handle at Tragos Law. You can also send me an email if you have a question you want us to answer on the podcast. That's Tragos at greeklaw.com. Okay, so starting out talking about probation, we'll start out with just the definition of what is probation. Well, most people view probation as a standard probation where you're given a certain period of time where you're supervised by a probation officer and you have to make regular reports to that probation officer while you're out. And that's the simplistic way. But there are also other kinds of probation. In addition to that, there's administrative probation where it's called non-reporting probation, where a judge will say, okay, you're on probation for two years, but you don't have to report to a probation officer, and you're not supervised uh, by anybody, and you don't have to give monthly reports. In Florida, we also have sex offender probation, and we have drug offender probation, and we have what's known as community control, which most people would refer to as house arrest. Okay, so generally speaking, though, probation is a supervised release type of deal either in lieu of or after jail. Right. And you've got to agree, you know, we'll talk about this probation standards, but you have to agree to stay out of trouble basically while you're out. Right. So it's just like if you've ever been in school or at a job or anything like that and you get put on probation, it's basically like you better not screw up again or you're really going to be in trouble. It's kind of like a chance to prove yourself that you don't deserve the worst punishment. That's what probation is in the legal sense as well. And just to get a picture of how many people are on it's also known as community supervision is another way to talk about probation probation because you're being supervised while you're out after some kind of criminal activity. It's not always a conviction, but you're supervised in the community after afterwards. And right now, uh, somewhere between 2016 and 2018, where I found most of these statistics, 4.6 million adults are under community supervision. Um, and the state and federal breakdown of that, do you have any idea what, what that would be? Well, I, I know Florida's got like 140,000 people on probation. So right now it's 211,000 people in Florida are on probation. But but the the breakdown of federal versus state, do you know what that is? No. It's 4.5 million people federally, I'm sorry, in, uh, in the state system are on probation and only 100,000 federally. So the vast majority of people that are on this community supervision or on probation are through the state courts, not the federal courts. And that makes sense because federal crimes are normally more serious than state crimes. Right. So and they usually are either prison or you go home afterwards. It's not as much of a probation deal. Um, do you know what the do you want to take a guess at what the percentages are male versus female that are on probation? I'm sure a lot more male. 75 percent male to 25 percent female. What about white versus all other uh, races? Might be an even split. 55% white, 45% no, all other races. Close. And then felony versus misdemeanor. Just in raw numbers? Uh, percentages. Individuals. Percentages out of 100. 
I would say most people are in, on probation are misdemeanors. So 60% felony, 40% misdemeanor. Uh-huh. So yeah, more and more mi- felony than misdemeanor. And uh, nationwide, the statistics are that one out of 55 adults are on community supervision nationwide. And in Florida, that number is a little less, one in 75 adults. So out of 55 people you know, one of them is on supervised release if you talk about um, nationwide. So it's a lot of people that are on probation of some sort that you wouldn't even necessarily know because it might not affect their everyday life. So we're going to dig into a little bit about what probation looks like and what it actually is. But first, we're going to clear up a distinction. We're going to talk about the difference between probation and parole. So why don't, Dad, why don't you tell us what is the difference between probation and parole? Well, probation is, again, you're sentenced to a certain period of supervision by the judge. So that is your punishment. They sentence you to actually probation in some cases. A judge cannot sentence you to parole. Parole is actually part of your prison sentence. So you're in prison. The prison authorities believe that you have served enough time, that maybe you're a good risk, and they'll let you on out for parole for the remainder of your sentence. So you're released and you're supervised by a parole officer. So basically, is parole then in lieu of the rest of your prison sentence? Yes, that's a that's a simple way of saying it. Although a violation of parole sends you back to prison to finish your sentence. Right, so you have prison sentence of 10 years. After eight years, you get out, put out on parole for the last two years. Correct. So that's different than probation. Yes. Okay, so explain what the difference is. Well, probation, if you're given two years of probation, you serve two years of probation unless the judge orders you early, off early. Terminates you early, terminates the probation. A judge controls probation. The Department of Corrections controls parole. the the prison department. Okay. Now, in Florida, in 1983, we did away with parole. So we no longer have parole. Uh, What about for any cases that were adjudicated prior to 1983? They do have parole and they can be released. And and we see that because there is still a parole commission, although I don't know what they do. There's still something like a thousand people that are that are potentially could be on put uh, let out on parole. Right. So so the reason you may still hear that coming up in Florida is because any cases where somebody was sent to prison for 40 years back in 1983, they still may be eligible for parole because that was the law at the time. But any case that was anybody that was convicted or had their case heard after 1983, they are no longer allowed to have parole. Yeah, the, the rule now is you serve 85% of your prison sentence. If you have good time served. Right. Right. So if you if you are a law-abiding citizen while in the penitentiary, then you can get out early after 85%. But it's not called parole anymore. You're just out and your your uh, sentence is, is done. Right. Okay. So now that we know the difference, parole is only kind of in lieu of, of jail or after you're in jail or after you're let out of jail. Probation, do you have to go to jail first before you get put on probation? No, you, you don't. I mean, yes, people get arrested and they're sent to jail before. Not always, right? But they, you know, they might go to jail for a day till they get out on bond. But generally speaking, probation does not include jail. Now there is a rule that you can get probation, and the judge say, as a condition of your probation, you have to serve a certain amount of time in jail. The maximum a judge can do under those circumstances is 364 days. Right. So, so, but just to clear clarify. You don't have to go to jail first before being on probation. You can just get a sentence of probation in some cases. In other cases, you can get jail and probation. Like you said, 10 days jail and probation. You also can get a prison sentence followed by probation. Right. So sometimes they could say five years in prison and then five years of probation after that. 
Right. And then there are terms of probation, right? Yes. So what? how are your terms of probation determined and what can be included in those terms? Well, I, I think you, the, the common way is the conditions of probation. Sure. Uh, one is you've got to be a law-abiding citizen. Don't break any laws. That doesn't include a speeding ticket. A lot of people have that right. problem and worry about that. Right. Uh, secondly, you can't associate with people we that actually are committing did a, crimes. We did a whole podcast on the difference between crimes and civil infractions. So right. you can't commit the crimes, but civil infractions are okay. Right. Sorry, you were saying you can't associate with people that are known criminals. Known criminals or that are doing any kind of criminal offense. Uh, now, there have been some exceptions to that where some guy's in a car and the person driving the car has a suspended driver's license. The car gets pulled over. They get arrested for the suspended driver's license. You get arrested because you're with a person committing a crime. But the courts have said that that, that isn't a proper violation, so they've thrown that out. Right. You have to have some kind of knowledge, like knew or should have known a crime right. was being committed. Right. Like you're, break, like you're walking into a house with a friend that's breaking into the house. Right. Right. Um, or you're doing drugs with a friend or sitting there while friends are doing drugs, you know that there's a crime going on. If you are on probation, then you can violate your probation. Right. You have to be honest with your probation officer. And if you have restitution, that you then, the probation officer then regulates your restitution. Um, for instance, you have $10,000 in restitution. The court says, well, what can you afford to pay? You show the court your financial statement. You can pay $200 a month. Well, then you are required to pay $200 a month toward the whoever the person is you might have defrauded or wrote a bad check to. Okay, so just to make sure we're hitting all of these. So uh, the things that can be put into your conditions of your probation, we talked about jail time. We talked about you can't hang out with uh, anybody you know is committing a crime or known criminals. You can't commit any crimes. You have to pay sometimes restitution or court, fa- court fines and court costs, right? So right. money can be part of the conditions of your probation that you have to pay back to somebody. Normally cost of probation in Florida is about 50 to $55 a month uh, to your probation officer. Plus, if you have to get drug tests, you have to pay for those. If you have to get urine samples, you have to pay for those. Okay. So drug testing can be part of the condition of your probation. Right. Okay. Does it have to correlate to your crime or can they drug test you after any crime? Well, normally it has to correlate to your crime, but drug testing is a little bit of an exception because drug testing shows you committed a crime. Because, you know, per se, if you've got cocaine in your bloodstream, but you if must you, have possessed it. But so, so if you get arrested for a drug-related crime, then obviously drug testing can be part, is going to be part of your probation. But let's say it was a battery, you got in a fight, something like that. Are they usually going to put drug testing on your probation? Usually not. They still can. They can, right. But yeah. it usually doesn't make sense for them to right. do that. The, the time when you're really talking to the issue you're talking about, for instance, um, you got a battery charge, but the judge says that they can inspect your computer for pornography. Well, that's not related to your battery charge. So sometimes the courts have said that you can't have that kind of a condition that's totally unrelated to the charge. Okay, so that they can check up on your computer if it's yes. related to your crime. What other things can be part of a conditions of probation? Well, if you're talking about, let's say, drug offender probation, uh, you can have treatment, counseling, going to certain drug rehab programs, certain uh, drug analysis, all of those things can go into a drug offender because there are special conditions for drug offenders. Sex offender probation, they have special rules too. You can't ride in a car with somebody that's underage. You have to keep a log of every time you take a trip or every time you're in a car. You've got to be supervised when you're in certain kinds of work. You have to stay X amount of feet away from schools and things like that. Right. That And you have to have, again, treatment is a big part of sex offender probation because, face it, the, the purpose of probation is to rehabilitate you and get you back into society as a lawful citizen. So 
what about um, classes and things like uh, habitual tra- traffic offender, things like that? If you have a lot of suspended license arrests, they could put you on probation and make you take those types of classes so that you learn more about the laws that you may, may or may not know that you're breaking and things like that. Right. Um, what about victim impact panels? What is that? Victim impact panels, when you have to go to uh, somewhere and sit down with people who have been affected by an accident by a drunk driver someone whose maybe child has died, and you have to sit there and talk to that person and see what kind of impact your crime had on that person. That sometimes is a condition of probation. You have to actually go to that victim impact panel. Um, What else? Well, sometimes probation requires you uh, to do and and go through uh, an 18-month sex offender course. So you know your probation is going to be at least 18 months because they're going to tell you you have to successfully complete that program or you can't get off of probation. And they can extend your probation Okay, what about ankle monitors, house arrest, things like that? Is that part of probation? Yes, and it can be part of probation or house arrest. Either way, they can have ankle monitors. Ankle monitor on house arrest, obviously, is to make sure you don't leave the house, and they know by the GPS you've left the house. Ankle bracelet on probation is just to know where you are and where you're going. Okay, what about a CAM, a continuing alcohol monitor that you have after a DUI? What does that do? If your crime is associated with drinking, then before you can drive a car, a cam requires you to blow or, or sometimes... That's in some ignition states, interlock. So you can uh, have some, that put into your car before you can even turn on your car. You have to blow right. in it. But sometimes the cam can be connected to you and see if any alcohol has entered your body, either through your sweat or anything like that. It, it can me- right, measures that. the alcohol in your, right, from right. your bodily fluids. Right. Um, okay, what about a check-in system? That can be required as well, where you have to call your probation officer every week. Normally, you have to go to your probation officer every month anyway. And after a while, when your probation officer gets comfortable with you, then sometimes they just say, hey, look, just fill out the form. You don't need to see me and leave the form because the probation officer, I mean, he might be supervising 50, 60 or 100 people. And he'll start to recognize who's a problem, who's not a problem. And he goes easier on those people that are not problems. Okay, anything else that can be part of a condition of probation that you've seen or that you can come up with? Uh, They can do, they can take a look at your credit cards. They can do uh, financial checks. They can take a look and see what your credit score is to see if you took out any credit cards. Because sometimes it says you can't get credit if your crime involved like fraudulent use of a credit card. Or if your crime involved bad checks, they can say you can't have a checking account and your probation officer will check on that. And sometimes in some theft cases, you have to take like a shoplifters awareness class and things like that. There's some specific classes depending on what crime you commit. Um, Anger management mm-hmm. is another one. If, if you're crying, are you a battery, uh, domestic violence cases? It's very common that those people take anger management courses, that they actually have to go and complete some anger management course. Okay. Anything else? Oh, Jesus. It, it's, all, it's all in the imagination of the judge, the prosecutor, and the defense lawyer when someone's on probation to try to fashion something that satisfies everybody so that, again, the person is rehabilitated and everybody's comfortable with him when he's off probation. And that's really the point is the probation is supposed to rehabilitate the client or the defendant without sending them to jail and being as penal on them uh, as, you know, because jail, a lot of people have a problem thinking that's not really rehabilitating somebody and they probably are right based on the statistics. But probation can be a much better effort towards that. Um, While on probation, this is not necessarily a condition of probation, but do you waive any of your rights that you have as a law-abiding citizen while you're on probation? Yes. One of the biggest things is you do waive your Fourth Amendment right to unreasonable search and seizure. Right now, as a citizen, a police officer just can't walk into your home and demand to see your 
computer or demand to search your room. But if you're on probation, your probation officer has a right to come in and make sure that you haven't been doing anything wrong on your computer. Search for drugs in your house. You do have certain... You Look do at your weigh, credit card receipts. Right. They can require you to take a lie detector test. Yeah, so there's there's all sorts of rights that you do waive while you're on probation in order for your probation officer to make sure you're not committing any crimes or violating any of the terms of your probation or any of the conditions of your probation. Um, so when we talk, we've talked a lot about a probation officer, what is their role throughout the entire process? Do they determine what the probation is? Do they ensure you're, you're, um, sticking to your conditions of your probation? What authority do they have? How does a probation officer fit into the, into this system? A probation officer is an arm of the judge. But he cannot determine your probation. Only the judge can say what your conditions are. So he has no say over what you have to do in probation. Right. He just reads an order and then makes sure you're staying within that order. And once the judge issues the order, it's his responsibility to make sure you're in compliance. Like we mentioned before, if you're supposed to pay $200 a month in restitution, it's his responsibility to make sure you're paying that $200 a month. If you're supposed to take a, uh, a drug rehab course, it's his responsibility to say that you're taking it and that you're completing it because he has to make a report back to the judge. And if you violate any of your conditions, then he has to tell the judge. So is it up to the probation officer to determine whether or not you violate your probation? It's up to, he can arrest you for it. But he's not the one that determines the violation. The judge does. Right. He just he can arrest you if he thinks you're violating some of the conditions that he's been put in place to make sure happen. Right. Okay. So basically, the probation officer is there to execute the probation order from the judge, not to determine it. He's kind of like the police officer. Right. But 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 specifically, just following your case. He's not doing an investigation. He's just basically following up. He's almost just like a not even a police officer, but just somebody you report to. Right, but he also has the right to dig into things. He can request your, uh, he can request you to do a financial statement. He can request you to do the lie detector test, like we said before. Okay, so then as we get into violations of probation, explain what happens when you violate probation. Explain what you have to do to violate and how that process works. Well, if you violate probation, we'll use, use an example. Let's say you commit another crime. Okay. Uh, all right, well, that's a violation because you're not supposed to commit crimes while you're on probation. A probation officer has the right to arrest you. So he arrests you for your violation, puts you in jail. Now that you've gone to jail on a violation of probation, you're not entitled to bond like you are in a regular charge. So you may sit in jail for a while uh, because you've already been convicted. The presumption of innocence is no longer there because you've got a violation of probation. You pled guilty at some point. So you'll sit in jail for a while. Uh, eventually, there will be a hearing. At that hearing, instead of beyond a reasonable doubt being the burden, it's a preponderance of the evidence. So it's easier to convict somebody of a violation of probation than it is of a crime. In fact, there's many examples where someone couldn't be convicted of a crime because they couldn't do beyond a reasonable doubt, yet their probation was still violated for the same criminal acts they were accused of. Okay, so when you violate your probation, is that an additional crime? No, it is the same crime, basically. But the difference is, in Florida, we have sentencing guidelines. And you might have had a crime that, under the guidelines, would score probation. But now that you've violated it, that's an additional bump up in the guidelines. So before, where you were qualified for probation, you may no longer be qualified for probation. And you may have to go to prison for the same crime that you violated and played guilty to earlier. It's also possible to get put back on probation uh, or have additional conditions uh, 
if you violate your probation. So when you when you do violate your probation, is it something that you go back to the original crime and can relitigate that, or is it starting the process over, or can you not go back now, plead not guilty, and go to trial? You cannot go back and try your original crime because you've already either pled guilty or no contest. That still holds. Normally, you'll go back to the same judge because you'll be in the same judicial division, and that judge now sentences you because you have violated. You, basically, he gave you a chance. Right. He gave you the, he gave you the yeah. benefit of the doubt. You he gave you a in chance. The teeth and, right. But you can, yeah. like you said, there is some case, there are some cases where you can get back on probation even after violating. Sure. A lot, a lot of times, for instance, drug offenses. Sometimes someone, you know, has a dirty urine for marijuana and he's on probation for marijuana. Sometimes a judge will give him a chance. Say, look, I'll give you one more chance uh, and, you know, try to, you know, stay clean. And judges a lot of times will give you that second chance if it's a minor violation. Okay. So when you have the violation of probation, it's, it's, your first case was kind of already resolved. You went through, you pled guilty or no contest. You got this probation sentence. You've started your probation. Then you get on a, you, you violate. You have to come back to court and redo the whole process now to figure out what your sentence is going to be. Right, but there's no jury trial. Right. It's just the judge makes a determination whether you violated or not. Right, but you have to come back to court. You have to go in front of a judge. The prosecutor gets reassigned to the case or a prosecutor gets assigned to the case and you start that process over again when you violate. Well, over again is, is probably not the right because you're not your case is not being relitigated. But can't the you, only thing you're litigating is the violation. Okay, but can't you get evidence as a criminal defense attorney of that violation? Yes, only the violation. Though, but that's that what point. I'm saying. You can yes. do an entire discovery process as to what that person did to violate, what evidence they have of that violation, and you can fight whether or not they actually violated. Right, and you have a full hearing, witnesses, everything. You're entitled to all right. of that. So there's a whole other process that starts when you violate that probation, even though your original case was totally finished at that point right. because your probation was still going. Okay. So we talked about what a probation officer does. We talked about, um, what you do when you violate probation. Um, let's talk now about what the pros and cons are that you think with our probation system and how we have it set up in Florida. Well, probation sometimes is a tough decision. You have people in life that just don't follow the rules and they're better off going and doing you know, six months in the county jail, then five years of probation, because you know, and they know, they'll never complete five years of probation. So it's a tough choice for some people. Some people, it's easy. Anything I can do to stay out of prison, I don't care how long a probation period you give me, I'll take probation. So you, you, you've got kind of a balancing, because probation is really, you have to self-regulate yourself to stay out of trouble. Right. So it's, it, it only works where you're saying is for people that can actually do that. And sometimes right. they, they already know they're not going to be able to sure. do it. So they're better off going to jail, doing their time, getting out and trying to start over at that right. point. For instance, they know they have an alcohol problem. Right. They know there's a good chance they're going to get a DUI while they're on probation. So they might as well go ahead and do that. Because normally if you'll go to jail, it's a much, much shorter period of time. Right. Probation is five years, jail is 60 days or something right. like that. Right. And that, that happens all the time, those choices. Okay, so so do you think the current system that's in place works pretty well, works better than sending somebody to prison to try to work out a probation deal? How do you think that, that works currently in Florida? Oh, I think it absolutely works. In fact, really more people should be on probation. Because if you look at the prison system, we're busting out at the scenes. We've got to build more prisons. We have a lot of nonviolent people in prison. Uh, you've heard there's a, there's been a lot of uh, recommendation or legislation proposed to get nonviolent people on probation rather than spending all the money. Prison is very expensive. It's a lot cheaper to supervise somebody on probation. And right now in Florida, 
Um, there are 391,000 Florida residents either behind bars or under the criminal judicial supervision like probation. And out of the 390,000, 210,000 are on probation and 180,000 are actually in the state or federal prisons currently. So it's almost a 50-50 split, a little bit more um, that are not in prison versus in prison and under, under some kind of supervised release. But as we go forward, are there certain cases where you can do some type of probation and not get convicted or do some type of probation to try to get them to drop the charges? Is that considered probation or how do you deal with those types of, how do you deal with those types of situations where you can take a class or do treatment and maybe the charges get dropped once you're done with the treatment? Is that still considered probation? No, because what you're referring to are diversion programs or or similar type of diversion programs. Uh, In for, for instance, in Florida, we have a pretrial intervention program, which is a diversion program. Where if you stay out of trouble for six, 18 months, 12 months. You take classes, you, you give urine yeah. samples to get drug testing. You do all this stuff and the charges get dropped, but that's not technically probation. No, although it acts much like probation because you have a pretrial diversion program supervisor right. who is really just like a probation supervisor, but it's not a state function. It's not a state agency that's supervising you. Uh, and, and it doesn't just work with pretrial intervention. Sometimes the state attorney's office, if you talk to them and they're happy with you and what you propose, you can say, look, don't charge this case. Let me do anger management. Let me show that he can complete these anger management courses or this alcohol rehab. And then if we do that, why don't you just drop the charges? Sometimes the state attorney's office will agree to that because they realize the purpose of probation is to rehabilitate the individual. Okay, and as we wrap up and just talk about what it seems like we think a lot of things work in the current probation system, are there any other benefits to having a system of probation versus just prison and parole? Well, on a previous podcast, we covered withheld adjudication, which means you're not formally convicted of the crime. That can only happen if you receive probation. So you need to consider whether or not you want a withheld adjudication or do you want that shorter jail sentence like we talked about before and therefore you would have to be adjudicated guilty. So sometimes conviction. sometimes you're saying at the end of the case when you're considering whether or not you can complete this probation or if you just want to do your jail time, sometimes if you do the probation, you can get adjudication withheld versus having that conviction adjudicated guilty on your record forever. Yes. Okay, so that wraps up our discussion on probation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it and we'll be back with you next time.